Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is attorney Donald Mern, and he is located right here in Pewaukee. His firm also has offices in Madison, and that's the Axley Law Firm. And Don has been a guest on our show for many, many years, going, gone through a lot of different events that have happened in the world. And I welcome you to the show, Don. And the thing that became very apparent to me is that this is probably the first time that I can think of that everybody at some point, almost in a collective way, were thinking about the idea of what if I die? What if something happens to me? And I know I thought about that. And as healthy as I am, I thought, well, what if something happens to me? What will happen to my family? What will happen with all my stuff? What will happen with my business? And so I wanted to invite you on today to really kind of paint a picture as to how you see what's been happening with the pandemic, but also the impact on business owners. Because like me, and I've worked with you, and you were one of the first people that I talked to about my business, you said, Karen, you are just wearing too many hats. (laughs) You have got to let go. You've got to start looking at this from a totally different perspective. And Truly, you walked me through so much of my business planning, my estate planning, um, all of the things that I've got in place in the event that I become incapacitated, in the event that I die, the transition of the business. So I'm just wondering if you wouldn't start there and just talk about the importance of it and the impact that this, that this um, virus has had on businesses and business planning. Well, first, Karen, I'd like to thank you for this series of programs. I think it's important when people are nervous and uh, they don't feel like they're getting good information that uh, someone like you brings people on that talk about the things that people worry about in life. Uh, We get so much through the media uh, that's pinpointed uh, to the virus and not about to general things going on in life. So thank you for that, first of all. And it's been an interesting this is very different than 08 when we had the big crash and the great recession. 08, first of all, started out with a series of bubbles that crashed and the impact to the average person was 
gradual and slow over time. It was actually an impact that I saw, which was much more real estate related out of the gate. Then manufacturing got hit next and eventually trickled down into the rest of society. But it wasn't a sudden shutdown impact that really brought people's mortality uh, to light. They, I think they were insecure financially, but in our society, mortality is something that people don't want to deal with, particularly entrepreneurs, people who run businesses, because they're generally, like yourself, hard drivers. Uh, they're very motivated people. Uh, they're forward thinking. So the present uh, and, uh, and the future, are in some ways, are almost um, the same concept, if that makes any sense. In other words, uh, you're working in the present, but it's always towards something in the future. And I think an event like this has really brought into people's focus uh, these issues in their personally, but also in their business about what happens if I'm incapacitated for two or three weeks? Um, how do I work from home? Some businesses, for instance, the legal business, our business, transitioned very smoothly to a work at home format. Um, very proud of everybody at Axley and the way they pitched in, helped each other. Uh, it's, it's been, I don't want to say seamless because it's not seamless, but it has been extraordinarily um, well done and well thought out and allowed people to continue or the attorneys to continue to help their clients. Uh, the businesses, obviously, the manufacturing in particular, um, one of my clients recently who was in the, the food uh, industry, um, you know, he first thing he did was he sat down and went through a planning stage. Okay, what's best for my people? Um, how do I protect them? Um, he educated himself about testing and then about the PPP program, the, the CARE Act, which basically for uh, employees to get paid and uh, rent to get paid, et cetera, and analyze that and how it affects his business. But the best part about what he and what I helped and have continued to help a lot of my clients who are in manufacturing do is to set up um, protocols within their businesses as how uh, and how to deal with employees and keeping them safe. Staggering uh, your shifts. So you're not bringing people in one on top of the other. You're sending one shift out in stages and bringing the next shift in in stages. Um, we so much, in, in particularly in our society, in dealing with capitalism and money, uh, the perception is always that business owners are all concerned about money. They're concerned about profits. What I've seen overwhelmingly, and which is very heartwarming, is that what small business owners are really concerned about, and you and I have discussed this in the past, is their employees. Um, you know, when you have a, a, a business owner who employs 180 people and says, I, I'm in charge of making sure that 180 families are fed and their mortgage is paid and you know, they can uh, afford the things they need to live a reasonable life. And if they get sick, not only could they lose their lives, potentially, if they have underlying health care conditions, but it, it could have a tremendous impact on the family. So these people, they didn't worry about, gee, how am I going to make money? Am I going to make more money or less money? They worried about how am I going to change my business so that my employees are safe? I like to say, and I've been saying, it's doing business with a purpose. And that's what you see. You've always been that way. I think, you know, part of the, what I see with successful people like yourself is when you are there to, for, to help other people, the business just flows to you. 
If you're, if your number one concern is taking care of other people, I have the privilege of sitting on a bank board. And one of the things that I enjoy about the CEO of the, of the bank and also of the, the board is how we talk about the partnership between shareholders, borrowers, and depositors mm-hmm. and how we're all in it together. And, and I am so happy with the way that the, this bank and the officers and lenders, when this thing hit, they educated themselves about PPP. They set up all the systems. Uh, Karen, unbelievable. Three nights they spent, almost sleepless nights where they would go in shifts, but three nights in a row so that when PPP hit, our bank was able to get out all the loans to everybody who needed it within a two-day period. Amazing. Wow. And it's, yeah, and it's because of that, that what you just mentioned, which is, you know, without our customers, we are nothing. And that seems so right. quick, but it, it is very true. And I see a little bit of a shift um, in the um, financial community in, in that as well, and how people invest. They're starting to say it's not just about uh, quarterly earnings. I mean, you've always stressed to me, Don, you invest for the long haul. You don't jump around. You know, if you want to go into something risky, you know, God love you, but you might as well pull a lever on a, <laughs> on a slot machine because that's really what it's all about. You have to be smart and long-term and not look at, you know, every quarterly uh, earnings report and jump around, you know, because you're not going to get anywhere. Unfortunately, our society and, and business-wise, particularly at that pu- more public level, is driven by that quarter-to-quarter profit statement. Are we making money this quarter? Are we make, which is the worst way to run a business over the long haul because it, it forces um, institutions to make decisions not based on what's best for all the stakeholders, but what's best for a very small group of people, which is the public shareholder community, as opposed to what's good for our employees, what's good for management, what's good for our customer, because if we don't make a customer happy, we're getting nowhere. Think of all the things you've done over the years for integrated um, services for your uh, investors. You didn't just go, hey, give me your money and I'm an investor for you. You said, how do (laughs) I bring a whole package of things to people that will make their lives better? I mean, you thought that through. Yes. You know, Don, we're, we have to take our first break, and I'm wondering, when we come back, you and I have always started with the foundation, and so one of the things that I would like to emphasize is talking about the importance of getting business owners estate planning documents in place, making sure that they're up to date, and then, then I'd also like to talk about the business owners documents that are associated with the business and making sure that those are in place because so often so much in the business owners had that if anything did happen to them it would be so impossible to recreate and to you know revive all their documents and their planning and then also one of the things is to really help them to understand the importance of starting the plan the succession plan and having that in place as well. Because you and I have talked about so often that just that picture of that first meeting after you pass away and you have this opportunity to kind of go and look over what's happening and you see your family around the table, you see the attorney there, 
you see the accountant there. And what do you see? Do your, is your family, the members, your beneficiaries, are they pulling out their hair? They don't, have, they don't have a clue what to do. Are they like turtles on their back and they don't know who to trust? Or are they sitting there and really talking about all the beautiful things of your life and the hard work of the business? And they're feeling comfortable and relaxed because there's a plan and there's people in place that they can trust. So that's the tall order, but that's what we're going to do when we get back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Don Mern, and he is an attorney with the firm Axley, which is located right here in Pewaukee, also um, offices in Madison. Don has been a guest on the show for many, many, many years. He's also my personal attorney. And the issues that we've been talking about today, He's talked to me about them. And so I thought that it was really important because one of the things that I know as I sit down and talk to clients and I've talked to Don is we just sort of always say, well, if I die, but the truth of it is it's when I die. And this pandemic has really shaken up people to realize that that's probably a, more of a possibility than, than people have been thinking. And so Don, I'm just going to ask you to go into some of the the things that people really do need to consider and where they can start. You know, Karen, one of the things I want to talk about, which is COVID and this crisis has kind of brought to business owners' minds is that um, thought of what happens if I am disabled for a long period of time or what if I pass. And one of the things that impresses me is that people do not really understand the system of how their assets are transferred to uh, their loved ones, either a spouse or children or others. And I, I want to briefly talk to your listeners about that from the standpoint that they have to understand if you die intestate, which means without any estate planning, without a will, without a trust, without any of that, without direction, uh, the business and assets need to be transferred through a, a uh, probate, process called probate. Probate is a court proceeding where you have to go in and file paperwork and the court decides who is your personal representative. Personal representative is the person who runs your estate. The court decides what happens with your assets and how they uh, are managed. And there is a, a system uh, whereby your assets are distributed either to your wife outright if it's a single marriage with children from only that marriage. But if you're in a second marriage situation, you pitch your children, if you have them from first marriage, against your uh, surviving spouse because the law provides under intestate succession that a second marriage spouse is entitled to her one, his or her one half of marital property. And the children from any previous marriages are entitled to the other half. You can imagine the mess that that creates and the litigation. Um, lawyers love it because there's such a mess involved that they can get two, three, four lawyers all billing a file and running up large bills, but it's not very good for the family members or the business and the health of the business. Um, my, one of the things I preach to my business owners, and I think I've said before, is the court system is not justice. It's a justice system. Uh, so you cannot expect justice. You can expect problem resolution. And that's what the courts are there to do, is to resolve the problems between people in a civil way that is not disruptive to society. But if you want your wishes to be carried out, 
you had better do a will or a trust. Now, particularly for your business owners, uh, listeners, uh, a trust gives the opportunity to remove the process from the court. If you have a will, you still go through probate. So you still have to go to the court and get permission for your personal representative to act on behalf of your estate and the process is governed by a court. It is uh, time consuming. It is more expensive. A trust allows you to remove all your assets from that process so that it's private, it's more efficient. And the best part is, is you can pick different people to do different things. So for instance, if you say, boy, my uh, oldest daughter is fantastic with money, but I wouldn't want them running the business. I would like my dear friend who I've learned over the years uh, or established a friendship who's also in my business. I would love for that person to run my business until such time it could be sold for my family. You can do that within the context of a trust and pick the people who you want to handle things. If you don't do that, you put everyone at risk of trying to figure out who the best person is to run your business, which is very, very difficult for outsiders or family members who are not involved in the business. It can become can, even, go ahead. Can you go back just for one second? Because I think an important thing is you're talking about this business and people running it. So what happens if somebody is married, let's say it's a second marriage, they've got one or two kids in the business, they've now started a family, a new family, and all of a sudden they die. What happens with this business? That's, yeah, that, that's the mess I was talking about. So let's take a, uh, if we want to walk through a scenario under those circumstances, yes. if there is no will, one half, uh, we have to back up and I have to give you a brief background <laughs> on marital property in Wisconsin. Yeah. Because I'm afraid uh, yeah. that this is what's going to happen. This is, there are so many business owners out there that have not got a plan in place. They've maybe even, you know, have second marriages and all of a sudden they die. And I don't think that they have any clue as the impact that this has and the decision-making process. So if you could just paint a little broader picture, that would be great. So the marital property in Wisconsin, if you do die intestate, the law determines, as I stated earlier, where your property goes. In marital property state, like ours, whatever a spouse brings into a marriage is their individual property, but whatever they accumulate after marriage, absent a marital property agreement, is marital property. So let's assume for the sake of argument that I have a business that's worth a million dollars, and I bring that into a marriage, and I think, well, that business is in my name. So I, I Karen Ellenbecker, this is my investment firm. This is in my name. I own it. Now you're married. Your spouse starts to have an interest in the, your income and potentially the appreciation of that business absent an agreement over time. Now you pass away and you leave no estate planning documents. Now your family, your children from previous marriage, Keep my children from a current marriage, they don't have a present interest. That would go to your surviving spouse. But now you put your surviving spouse as potentially a, a minority owner of a business with children who may or may not be running the business on the other side of it and no documents to determine how they react, inter, interact or relate to each other in operating the business. An absolute nightmare scenario. If you break it down even more, if you have multiple children, 
who each are going to own a minority interest. I had this happen. So I had six children. I had a surviving spouse, no marital property agreement, no estate planning documents. Business owner dies. Now I have seven owners, essentially, of the business, each with a different percentage. And what happened is they started to develop alliances, the ones that were working in the business and out of the business. Uh, the, the children out of the business didn't like what the kids in the business were doing, so they aligned with the surviving spouse to squeeze out the two that were operating in the business and replace them with their own CEO. And then litigation came from that. It was an absolute Karen nightmare. Well, and here in, in effect, the wife is the one that you're almost assuming would step in and run the business. And you have a business owner that thinks he's worked his whole life and he's got a business that's worth something. And it can be run right into the ground because there's no management. There's people fighting as to who should be doing what. And so here, a beautiful business goes down the tank or has to be sold at a fire sale. It, and, and that is a big fear. It starts to break down. And, you know, when you have a, a business, employees um, are also political. Uh, and people who run businesses recognize this. You have to, some of your most dynamic employees are also some of your hardest to deal with because they are dynamic. But if you get everybody pulling things in, the, if there's a unified front at ownership, um, I always tell people it's kind of like, you know, how you raise your children, mom and dad can argue in the bedroom, but when they come out, they better have, have a unified front because smart children know how to play their parents. And it's the same thing in an employment situation or officer situation within a, a small company. If the employees smell arguing, they will start to stake their positions based on uh, who they want to win arguments or what they think benefits their careers the most. An, an additional layer to a mess and an argument uh, that, that people don't recognize. And I, I've had a number of conversations that oddly enough, I've been one of my busiest time periods has been the last two months because of the issues we're talking about. People are picking up the phone and saying, Oh my gosh, I got to take care of this. <laughs> you know, because now that reality of potentially, you know, uh, I'm 70 years old, I'm hypertensive, you know, I let myself kind of go. So, you know, I, I have uh, type two diabetes and I, I, all I do is work. And all of a sudden, there's something that comes along that could kill me and kill me in a couple of weeks. And I haven't done anything to prepare to protect my business and my family. So it's, it's been some very panicky phone calls from my standpoint, good discussions, particularly because I think Karen, one of the reasons this, these don't get resolved is it is very, very hard. If you have not discussed it going into marriage to go to a spouse and say, Oh, by the way, um, I want, you know, you to only have a partial interest or I want my son from or daughter from a previous marriage to be running this, or, uh, I want you to agree to a trust where there's a trustee other than you that runs things. Those are not easy discussions. Right. Right. You know, Don, I think we've painted a pretty good picture of some of the things that can go wrong. Let's take this next, um, this next session that we're going to do and let's talk about what people can do to really provide some solutions because there are solutions as long as you do the as long as you do the planning and as long as you're willing to take the time to it. I think that this COVID-19 has really brought to the surface a lot of things that we were missing that we didn't know. And 
it's going to force us to make some changes, to change our employee handbooks, to change the way we think, to change the way we operate, to change the way we move forward. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And it has been such a gift to me that I have been doing this radio show. This is our my 30th year being on the air and hosting the show and being able to stay true to the vision that I had all the way back when, which was to bring education to the public so that people could make good quality decisions about their lives. And in doing that today, I, my guest is attorney Don Mern, and he has been a guest on the show many times because what we're talking about here, he actually helped me walk through it with my own business and with my own family. And we are talking about what happens if you don't do planning with your business. And I think we've painted a really good picture and it's not a really great picture. But the thing that you got to know is that it doesn't have to be the picture. You get, to, you get to change it. You get to put the right players in and you get to dial it up the way you really want it to be. So Don, give my listeners an idea of what are some of the things that they can do to avoid the catastrophe that we painted um, in the segment before? Yeah, there's Estate planning documents are pretty much, um, I don't want to say rote, but I, I mean, in terms of the list of what they are is rote. In other words, almost everybody will have the same thing, and that will be powers of attorney. Now, powers of attorney, which we've talked about in the past, but I think are important under these circumstances in that uh, there's two forms, a financial power of attorney and a healthcare power of attorney. Those are documents that are utilized by your agent, the person you designate to handle them during your lifetime when you are disabled, when you cannot make decisions. So let's say you go into the hospital for treatment for two weeks and cannot function. Someone else can take that power of attorney and make decisions for you within the business or act at your direction. So you can tell your agent to do certain things. Those documents cease when you pass, but they're very, very important documents. People don't realize that if you become disabled for any period of time, and again, if somebody goes into the hospital for a couple of weeks, that's not going to uh, trigger, I think, an onslaught of problems. But if you go beyond that three, four, five weeks, it may be where the family members need to file for a guardianship, which is a court proceeding. People, particularly spouses, think that they are empowered to make decisions for their husband or wife in a case of disability, but that's, that is not true. Uh, if you want to make financial or healthcare decisions for somebody who's disabled and can't make them, you either need a power of attorney or you need a guardianship. So that's one of the first documents. The next document is a will and the will generally for business owners, we leaves everything to a trust. And it is really a catch all. If you do the planning properly, the will has no effect because you've, already put everything into the trust. Let me explain that. A trust is a document that you put together and it allows you to put all your assets into it. So you create the trust, you are the founder of the trust, what's known as the grantor. You are the trustee of the trust, that means you manage it, and you are the beneficiary of the trust while you are alive. So you wear all the hats. The reason I explain it that way is people are concerned that when they do that, that they give up control, which they do not or that it creates complexity, particularly with tax filings, which it does not. If you are the grantor, 
the trustee and the beneficiary of a revocable trust, meaning you can revoke it at any time, you file your taxes the exact same way. So it essentially becomes what I refer to as a legal fiction. All your assets are held in trust. So let's kind of walk through that. You have your will, you have your trust. It, when you pass away, if you put everything into the trust already, the trust just continues to operate and you name a successor trustee. That is the person who then takes over and operates things on your behalf. As I mentioned earlier in the program, if you want different people to do different things, I'll give you an example. During the crisis, we just finished a, a estate plan for a gentleman that ran three different businesses. He wanted three different people to run those businesses in a specific way, uh, some of which were going to be sold, one of which was going to be around until the time that his spouse, which is a second spouse, passed away, and then the money would be distributed accordingly. So th the trust gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility to pick and choose the way you want things to go. But that is, uh, in a nutshell, the documents. There are additional documents you can do, and we typically do. One is a marital property agreement, and that essentially calls out uh, what the spouses own and how they want them to be uh, handled within the trust. For a long-term marriage, not a big deal. Just basically the marital property agreement says everything we own is marital property. However, in a second or third marriage situation, you can designate uh, who owns what. And I can give you, uh, Karen, a personal example. Uh, my wife inherited money uh, from her grandparents many years ago, and that is held separately within our revocable trust uh, that she controls. Uh, if uh, she passes away first, I get income for life. And then when I pass away, the balance goes to our children. Uh, she wanted to make, Mrs. Mern wanted to make doggone sure that I didn't go blow any money on a new wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and another issue is so many people that are business owners do have real estate in other states. And a will is a ticket to probate court. And if you have a will, and if you don't have a will, you're going to probate in each one of those states unless you do some planning, which is a nightmare. Oh, yes. Uh, that is a great point. I, we just had, uh, I got a case in uh, people that I did not know before they referred to me, but they had a parcel, a farm in Illinois, right across the border. And they figured it was no big deal. Uh, never made it into the trust. Um, in fact, they never, the, the properties in Wisconsin never made it into the trust. They never funded the trust. But we had to open a probate in Illinois to get mm -hmm. that property into the Wisconsin probate. Uh, it cost tens of thousands of dollars. Um, luckily, actually has lawyers licensed in Illinois, so we didn't have to go to outside counsel, but it was an absolute mess. It's a great point, particularly people who a lot of my clients own property in Florida. Uh, and if they don't, if it is held in their individual names, uh, you have to have a probate proceeding down in Florida to transfer that property into the trust. It can be yeah, very difficult. Two things that I just want to um, touch on really quickly is every one of our employees has an estate plan. That's part of what we do for our employees is to make sure that they are taken care of. And in a situation like this, that we've gone through this COVID and, and, but we know that they've got their, their documents in place. And of course, that's a really important piece. And for other employee 
errors out there, I would suggest as something that you have a position to bring somebody in, I'd love to come in. I know Don would talk. Come in and talk to your employees about making sure that their documents are in place. And then, of course, for all of you who have children um, over 18, you can't make decisions for them either. So these are really important important issues to talk over with your financial advisor, talk over with your attorney, bring these advisors together because you think about your business as your legacy. You think about the money as your legacy, but a legacy that most people don't think about is their advisors. The people who are going to sit down when you're gone and talk to your family, to your beneficiaries. Are they the people you want in place? Are they the people that are going to take care of your kids and your family and help them transition through this new situation. So having the right people in place and having the right documents, believe it or not, takes away the stress and it gives you an opportunity to really focus on what's important. My guest today is attorney Don Mern. He is located right here in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. The axley.com is the best way to reach out to him. Again, that's axley.com, attorney Don Mern, and we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is attorney Don Mern. He is with the firm Axley, located right here in Pewaukee, also offices all over the country, actually. And if you would like to know more about them, you can go to Axley, A-X-L-E-Y dot com. Don, we've painted some pictures and talked about some really important things. And if there are some of my listeners out there going, boy, he is talking directly to me. <laughs> What is the next step and how can they, amongst all the different types of things that are going on with COVID-19, how can they start this process of putting things in place so that, you know, something's going to happen again. And now is the time that we want to be proactive um, and not scrambling like we had to do this time. Uh, we've developed um, a protocol for, I usually like to meet people in person. I think you're that way and most business owners that way. It's very, very difficult uh, I find to establish personal relationships on phone, over the phone or through email. It's just very impersonal. Unfortunately, with COVID, we've been forced into that. We don't have a lot of choice. However, actually, uh, we are, uh, again, I think I mentioned earlier, are working from home in the entirety of our office. However, we have put together meeting protocols. Uh, so if people do uh, want to come in and meet to discuss these issues, we have uh, set up a way for people can come in and meet with us personally. We make sure the door is open, everything's wiped down. Uh, we, wear, we wear masks, um, uh, particularly for people at risk. Some of the people are not as concerned of that, and and we play that more. We we basically listen to what the client wants and conform. Mm -hmm. Also with uh, Zoom meetings or just uh, conference calling as well as an introduction and begin uh, talking about particular needs within their business. Um, I think it's important to, um, you know, put together a list. If you have these, if you have these concerns, and if you haven't planned, it's a good idea to sit down and to try to get some idea of what you're thinking in general. I always like to tell people, you know, they they hear these terms: will, trusts, powers of attorney. They get very nervous because it's legalese, and and it's complicated. But I always tell people, you know, you have a whiteboard. And I want you to write on the whiteboard what you want. And then it's my job to take what you want and put it in legal form so that your desires and wants have effect. 
if I have a concern about the way you've put out something on whiteboard, if I think it's overly complicated or would create problems, I will so advise. But it is still basically, I want to find out what the desires and, uh, and wants are. For those people who we've had um, strictly uh, virtual meetings uh, to develop estate plans, and we've done that, we have created uh, a signing protocol. If the weather's nice, you sign outside, and we watch from inside, and then come out and get the documents, and uh, and actually have people deliver them to the front vestibule. We pick them up so there can be actually signing without contact. Uh, we also have uh, in inside signing, uh, again unlimited contact, uh, so that documents aren't touched and and people aren't within six feet. So. Uh, we have developed those protocols to make sure that uh, things keep moving along in these very difficult times. Um, one of the things that I think sometimes uh, this also brings to the fore for uh, business owners is their uh, corporate format. We've had shows in the past where we've had discussions about corporate formation and the best way to do it. And I like something called the statutory closed corporation because it cleans up uh, a corporate book that may or may not be best for everybody, but I just want to put in your listeners' minds, those that are business owners or who have corporations, that they, one of the things they really need to do is make sure their corporate book is cleaned up, meaning they need to bring it current. And there's a lot of ways to do that, but I see a lot of people not getting there and they need to work on that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really about putting together a, a listing of what's important to you, how you want things to go, questions that you have. What if I choose this? What if I go this route? Um, you know, people have ideas about how they want things to uh, devolve if they pass that uh, may or may not be in the best interest of the business because what's good for the individual people is, is may, may not be good for the business. Um, for instance, if you have children within the business that you would love for them to eventually be successors and they're moving along that route, but they're not quite there. Uh, naming them if you pass may be a disaster. Uh, however, you, they're, get, they're gonna get there, maybe they need five years. Who is going to mentor them or run the country, company in the interim uh, while they mature into the business owners you know they can be, or the business operators? I think, Don, a good place um, for people to start too is just a good review. Um, review the documents that you have for your estate planning, make sure they're what you want. And I have sat down with so many people and they've done them a long time ago and they don't remember what they say. And very often it isn't what they really want. Sit down and have a review of your corporate documents, all the things that you have in place to make sure that they are in alignment with your estate planning documents. And then if you haven't done anything, call. I mean, you have to start somewhere. We have a new billboard up and it says, listen to your intuition, call. And then it's got our number there. But my point behind the billboard was, if you're having medical issues, if you know that you're, you've got some tax issues, if you know that you don't have the right insurance in place, if you haven't talked to your long lost brother or sister in a long time, now's the time to pick up the phone, listen to your intuition and call, make that call to start the process of dealing with whatever is kind of eating you inside, knowing that it's not done. And I liken it to 
looking at a closet and I bring up that all the time. I mean, when I clean out a closet, I look at it and I know it's got to be done. Finally, the only way I can clean it is to take everything out and put it back in. And very often there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't need anymore and I get rid of. And when I'm done, I feel so much better. Every time I open up that door and I look in there, I go, wow, I completed that. And so I would say, you know, start from fresh if you need to, but review what you have. Wouldn't you say, Don? Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Karen. I really like the way you put that because I think a lot of business owners carry a lot of clutter and they don't even realize it. Again, going back to the fact that most entrepreneurs and business owners are type A self-starters in the present, but working towards the future. And that allows a lot of clutter to, to build up. Uh, things that you don't need, things that you do. Um, I, I happen to have the privilege of doing work for a lot of uh, uh, utilities and, and various uh, uh, forms for them. And, one of the things I, I got a kick out of when I first started representing them is if you get in a group a, a meeting with a large group of them, one of the things they'd always say is, we've always done it that way. <laughs> then we break down, is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, but that's what a lot of you know, business owners, well, I've always done it that way. Is that good? Is, is handling it the way you handle it good? Uh, one of the things that uh, the stay-at-home order ha has done for a lot of business owners is force them to confront a lot of these issues and resolve them. So if there's any good, you know, I have to, I'm always the eternal optimist. So I think, you know, good, good things can come out of anything. Uh, if, uh, if you take that attitude. And I think one of the good things that can come, come out of this is a streamlining and a decluttering, as you mentioned. You know, Don, when I sit and I talk to my clients and I talk to my business owners, what they really want once they've passed away is to maintain a connection, not a disconnection. And the only way you can maintain a connection is to stay connected with yourself and to put those um, different documents in place. My guest today is attorney um, Don Mern. If you would like to reach him, you can go to axley.com or 262-409-2277. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262 691 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.